Welcome to Talkie Talk, podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent. I'm here today with TJ. Hello. Chris. Hello. And David. Hello, hello. Whole gang's back together again. Yeah, this is neat. It's fun. Uh, today we're going to be talking about things that we've been watching or playing, and uh, we're going to follow that up with a quick look at recent news and end the podcast with our recommendations for what you should go see at the movie theater. Something I've been pretty bad at lately. I've had a real bad track record lately on my recommendations. We did all of us kind of talk shit about Alpha and um, Mile Twenty Two. Well, that movie ended up sucking, right? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Alpha's gotten good reviews. We yeah. did not talk shit about Crazy Rich Asians. No. Yeah, that was me and Chris yeah. killing it. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't pick Happy Time Murders last week because I've I've heard very very bad things. Me too. Yeah. That's we well we talked about the possibility that Happy Time Murders was going to be very funny or very bad. Mm-hmm. I like the Red Band trailer, but... Red Band trailer was funny, but something makes me think that that's the only good joke. Yeah. Because the extended puppet jizz scene. Yep. That's a tough thing to sell. Yeah. yeah. It's the refractory period for the rest of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, TJ, what'd you watch this week? <laughs> I watched a couple of movies, actually. I forgot about one. Oh. Um, that was bad, but interesting. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Does that play over well in the podcast? Just open jaw. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Um, what do we have watched? It's called Center Stage. Anybody ever heard of this movie or seen this movie? Yes, heard of it. So it's a movie about uh, like an elite ballet school in New York and first year students there. Not exclusively first year students, but students there. The choreography is done so well that they have to cast actual ballerinas. Huh. So the choreography is amazing and great, um, but the acting is pretty horrible. Well, that sounds... Like the but trade-off there. it gets a pass, kind of. The acting does. Is there anything one we would recognize as far as... Uh... Yeah. There's a, a few names you'd recognize that play like the teachers or the parents. Uh, it's actually Zoe Saldana's first ever film. When did it come out? 2000. 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, she was one who was not like a paid ballerina, but had enough like history with it to be able to be in the movie. Hmm, sure. Um, Amanda Schull... It plays the lead. She's turned into an actress, but she was a... Like a girl before. Yeah. She was a paid ballerina before. Peter Gallagher plays the head of the school. I know him. Yeah. And um, the the two other leads are... They were the leads for the New York Ballet at the time. Huh. So they got, like, actual legit ballerinas. One of the guys won a gold medal for figure skating in 96. Or, hmm. So... Uh, but the story is, is pretty boring. It's, you know... She goes there. She doesn't have the right body type to be a ballerina. She ends up like dancing with a guy who's the bad boy of ballet because he <laughs> wears a leather jacket and rides a motorcycle. And ends up being like, oh, she has heart, so she's better than the people that have perfect feet or whatever. The story's pretty boring. The acting is bad. But the choreography is worth the watch. Hmm. I gave it two stars, but the choreography is really, really good. It cool. made, made the movie very watchable. Hmm. And Zoe's on his first film, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Then I watched a much, much better movie. Uh, and there's an article up on the website um, focusing on certain aspects of it. But I watched E.T. for the first time in 15 years, probably. The movie's really good. Like, it earns... I was looking at the AFI list, because I know David's kind of knocking it out. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I should pick that back up at some point. Because I've only seen probably like 55 or so of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to E.T. And I was like, I've seen E.T., but I don't know that I would be able to like hold my own in a conversation with somebody talking mm-hmm. about it. So I rewatched it, and uh, what the article focuses on, man, the set design and lighting in that movie is just ridiculous. It's so pretty, and so cool. But I mean, turns out Steven Spielberg's pretty good at movies. <laughs> yeah, I kind of need to rewatch that too. I grew up never really digging it. Kind yeah. of our our family wasn't a big ET family. Yeah. I think for our generation, you had to have like uh, parents that uh, supported it and had a VHS to really. Love it. I think you had to have people that were more like, they were older than us too. Sure. Because I mean, it came out years before any of us were alive. 82? Yeah. So, it was big in my house because I have brothers that were born in 76 and 77. Gotcha. So it was like in their wheelhouse. I I remember my brother who was born in 75, he really liked it. And uh, I was always, uh, when I was a really, really small child, I thought the scariest thing in any movie was when E.T. jumps out of that cornfield. 
So, like, I had to leave the room for that. It was never, never quite... So I never had, like, a strong connection to E.T. Because he was always sort of put me on edge just a little bit anyway. I had a cousin uh, whose greatest fear in life was E.T. being real. Is it one of our friends, or maybe one of my friends in college, who, uh, growing up, or his or her parents got him everything E.T.? whole bunch of like plush things like everything was et bunch of reese's pieces yeah because he or she this is a really <laughs> weird story but he or she like had such a reaction to watching et that they thought oh my god you know they love it but really they were terrified of it. <laughs> and they were really young and then all of a sudden the house is filled with et <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was just thinking that with uh, with my daughter, it's like she had a reaction to watching some cartoon thing that we put on. So we got a bunch of like, we've got like a you know a thing for it. And I was like, I wonder if that's the same thing. <laughs> that would be great. She reacts because she's terrified, and now like it's come to life in our house. <laughs> I just always think of that with ET. Life has just proven to be a nightmare. <laughs> I think life is a nightmare. <laughs> I think that's a friend in college. That's a great story. If you're listening, please identify yourself. <laughs> yeah. There's one scene in particular in, in E.T. that I thought was really amazing. It was when E.T.'s like mind-melding with Elliot for the first time, when Elliot releases all the frogs yeah, out of the cool. classroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a scene at the end of that where uh, E.T.'s watching, like, Singing in the Rain or some old movie, and um, the lead grabs a woman and, like, holds her close and kisses her. And this kid's running by, and Elliot just trips the kid and steps on the kid's back because the girl's like a foot taller than he is, <laughs> grabs her and kisses her. And that's when the teacher comes and grabs Elliot by the arm, taking him to the principal's office. And you're watching the shot, like, in between the feet of the girl he just kissed, and it's focused on Elliot and the teacher, and the guy's, like, almost got Elliot in the air by his armpit. And uh, it slowly, like, changes focus to the girl's feet, and she does, like, the, like, points her toe in, mm. like she'd like to the kiss. No. And it was... That's the only time you ever see her. But that girl randomly was, uh, she was in Baywatch. I can't remember her name now. She was a... I was just looking her up because she's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, Erica Laniac. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. She had a playmate, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But, um, one other thing I'll say about E.T. is, uh, totally didn't understand, like, wasn't watching movies for any reason other than pure inter- entertainment the last time I saw it. Drew Barrymore steals every scene she's in. Mm. It is a fantastic performance by a kid. Mm-hmm. I totally get like the hype and why she was on SNL and everybody thought she was like the next Barrymore. Mm. It was going to be great because it's some of her best work, honestly. She's Shades really good. Lionel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. <laughs> Dad's evil and in a wheelchair. So, yeah, E.T.'s good. I can back that up. <laughs> <laughs> AFI's on to something with that one. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for me. Playing anything? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last week. Was that even on the podcast? I don't think so. Brett was like, I played uh, Homescapes, which is like the iPhone game that probably spends the most on advertisements. I feel like they're <laughs> I see it everywhere. All the time. I'm waiting for the X so quick. And I was like, oh, Brett, you play that? And he's like, oh, I'm on level 400 and something. And I was like, oh, well, I can do that. <laughs> so in six days since we recorded the last podcast, I'm on level 89. <laughs> I've not put it down. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's probably not better than any other game like it, but it's, no, it's the same. I feel like it, everybody likes to have one of those games where it's just like, I want something to do with my brain. And my hands for a minute, but not really like focus. Focus. The right. puzzles are fine, and then the the payoff is like every time you complete a puzzle, ish. It's uh, it's like okay, well, you get to buy a TV now, and it like shows you three like fake TVs you can put in your house, mm-hmm. and you get to pick a TV. But yeah, here's like fixing up an old mansion. fixing up an old house. Yeah. It's real dumb. It's, yeah. I feel like it's one of those games where you always see the ads for it and you roll your eyes, but you've never actually tried to play. And when you do, it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the exact same, like, rules of Candy Crush, the puzzles. Yeah, I was like that with, like, a little bubble popper game. And then, like, it's something that I just mindlessly play every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know me and Chris were really into balloons for, like, a year or two. Yeah. That game was the same way. It was, like, set up your monkeys with their guns <laughs> and then let the balloons go. Pop those balloons, monkeys. I was so close to buying, I think it's Balloons Tower Defense 6 is now available. <laughs> it was like $5. It was the perfect thing to just like kind of like have to like distract me for like a minute here and there. Yeah. But I was like, oh, $5 to like be in this K-hole with balloons again. I'm just not doing it. 
that game was addicting as hell. Man. Any uh, tower defense games are just yeah. so addicting. So instead, I bought some bullshit clicker that I honestly don't have to do anything with. Nice. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> I bet I know of one dumber, though. Uh, I have uh, several members of my family have a game called uh, Make It Rain, yeah. which it's is just... It is <laughs> make literally, It Rain, Make It It's second appearance on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, literally just... Uh, <laughs> if you don't want uh, and Make It Rain spoilers, we have timestamps this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So turn it off now if you don't want to hear what happens. But every okay. time you press the stack of cash, cash just flows out of it. <laughs> and it just keeps an accumulating total of how many times you pressed it. <laughs> Sometimes you get power-ups, so you get more more presses with a single press. Or you can just... A power-up lets you just hold down on the, on the thing. Because this is too hard. Because that's too hard. My niece was telling me about it. She was really proud of how far she had gotten... <laughs> She's like, I have a trillion dollars. <laughs> I'm totally timestamped to make it rain, so you should just keep going <laughs> with what else you watched and played. Wait, wait, wait. So, how, we don't have to get into how old your niece is, uh, but so, like, there are young girls playing this game that is essentially a borrow from stripper culture. <laughs> yes. Sick. <laughs> nice. Uh,. What else, though, Brent? Yeah, what else? So, I watched a couple of movies this week, and uh, I won't talk about them too much here, because I wrote a little bit about each one for the website. Um, one was a... For our listeners who can't read. Yeah, for the... Yeah. Uh, 1961 French movie called Lola. It was the first movie for uh, the director Jacques Demy, who was married to Agnes Varda. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, it was a... Uh, it was really good. It was I really really enjoyed it. It was uh, kind of a bittersweet love story, it's sort of an inter- interconnecting story with lots of people who live in uh, this town. And uh, I don't know I, the the performance of, of the woman who played Lola, which uh, I, I know her name, but I don't know how to say her name because mm-hmm. her first name is, look it's Anouk. Uh, and that I'm not familiar with that name. Anouk Ami. Anouk Ami. Sounds like a like a racist, racist, racist. <laughs> racist. Sounds like a, like a derogatory term for some group of people. Anouk. <laughs> yeah, but she is completely magnetic. In that movie. <laughs> I'm just thinking who it would be. <laughs> is it Canadians? Yeah. <laughs> Solutions, <laughs> <You> damn nukes, <laughs> taking all our jobs. But yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I've never seen it. Have you seen it, David? Mm-mm. Great write up, though. Yeah, the write up was really good. I didn't watch the video because the write up was so good. It's uh, it's on Filmstruck. It's uh, the movie was like lost for many years um, until uh, after his death. And uh, his widow, Agnes Varda, had it restored. And uh, it's impressively restored. What do you, four and a half on Letterboxd, I think, for Lola? Four and a half, yeah. Nice. And then uh, I watched a movie I'd always heard about and seen in like, AFI countdowns and whatnot of horrible villains and whatnot in movies. Uh, I watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, mm. which was, yeah, Betty Davis is just as terrifying as I always thought she'd be in that movie. <laughs> the movie's horrifying. It's one of my one of my favorite horror films. I'd never seen it before. It was she is straight up just a monster. Did you ever see the run of uh, FX's Feud? I didn't, but it, this watching this movie really made me want to watch. Perfect that. time to go try to binge that. the The show's a lot of fun. I had not seen the movie that it's kind of based on. Not that it's based on the movie, but it's like the background of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think you probably get a lot more out of it. Yeah, it's definitely. So you've never seen Baby Jane? No. It's definitely worth a watch. It's entertaining. It's a... I don't want to call it an easy watch, because that's the wrong word, but I'm, as far as entertainment value, I, I feel like it's pretty easy. Which is it's, interesting for like a purely psychological horror film. Mm-hmm. There's no like jump scares. I mean, mm-hmm. was the bird is the closest thing to like a jump scare. The reveal there is like a... Ta-da! Mm-hmm. But... Had you seen uh, many other Betty Davis movies? I've seen All About Eve long ago, and I don't remember a lot about it. Um, I was told Brent I'd watched All About Eve for the first time, followed it up with a rewatch of Baby Jane like two years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, Betty Davis is like a top 20 actress all time. 
Yeah. To go from All About Eve where it's like, man, she is like a looker and this is great and, you know, you don't, her All About Eve character's weird, but uh, they go into Baby Jane where it's like, I never want to see Betty Davis again. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. This is horrifying. It's like a human gargoyle yeah, in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh... There's a scene... Once you've seen the movie, though, or if you've seen it a long time ago and don't want to rewatch it, there's a scene in Brent's article um, where Betty Davis, a former child star, invites a piano player over to her house and uh, wants to, like, recreate her hit with him. And it is one of the creepiest, like, just mm-hmm. scenes ever. It's so creepy. It's like pre-Lynch. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminded me of uh, Buffalo Bill singing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that was, like... In front, of, in front of that mirror when Demi was making it, yeah, yeah, because she's in front of the mirror. She's in front too. of the mirror too. Yeah, hmm. that's that's a really good point. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's all I've watched this week. Uh, I have uh, sort of my, I always have a TV show that I'm always just like watching it in the background when I'm doing other things uh, or falling asleep. And lately, it's been New Girl. I've been ah. catching back up with New Girl. I watched the first like three seasons, I think, when when they first came out, and completely just ignored... I've completely forgot that show existed for several years. How but many... When does Damon Wayne's... Damon Wayne's Jr.? Yeah. He comes when back he, in season three. Yeah, so he's gone... He's there season one, is gone season two, and is back season three. How many seasons are there? I'm not sure. Five? And he's there... He's just out in the one season. Yeah. Okay. No, he's, no, he's there he's, for the first gone. episode. Oh, that's right. He's there for the pilot. I forgot about that. He's... Because of the third season, and then he leaves after the third season and comes back later for just like... Was he on Happy Endings? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing it played it like he did the pilot thinking Happy Endings might get canceled, maybe? And then Happy Endings didn't get canceled? I think they were going at the same time. Okay. And he had a more substantial role on Happy Endings. And that was like... uh, Happy Endings was like CBS or ABC. That's weird though, did he? Because, I mean, that's like a... I, mean, I get it. it's, New it's, it's Fox. It's Friends. Happy ending is. I mean, there's six leads mm. in that. Oh, huge fan of Happy Endings. Yeah, yeah it's a phenomenal show. Yeah. Um, weird. I'm uh, rewatching New Girl as well. Oh, nice. Oh, when, fun. When Harriet was uh, our little daughter was born, uh, it was a great show to just like have on because it's just like anything mindless, with and it's there's nothing offensive about well, I it. I feel like babies just love Zoe Deschanel too, probably. <laughs> Her <laughs> eyes are as big as mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was watching it. I dropped it off, and actually, just this last week, started picking it back up. Have you gotten to Megan Fox yet? No, I'm in Coach's. Uh, I'm like three episodes into after Coach gets back. I got you. If you don't, if you never saw it or you forgot about it, Megan Fox is really funny and really good in. Her run on the season. Nice. It corresponds when Zoe De Chanel was pregnant herself and had like jury duty for like a season, and it is my favorite part of the show. Nice. Because <laughs> I still think the best part of New Girl is the guys, the new girl. Yeah. I remember when it first came out, you talking about because yeah. that was kind of when I was over Zoe De Chanel for a little while there. Yeah. And you were like, she's the guys are the best part. Yep. I mean, introduced everybody to Jake Johnson, who's hilarious. And yeah. He's great. Max Greenfield is great. Who plays Winston? Because he's also sneaky oh, yeah. in that show. And my rewatch, he's my uh, rediscovered all star. He's my favorite Winston. Nice. It's um, it's fun. Winston's Winston not being able to do pranks is one of my favorite running gags. Yeah, he calls himself he, Prank Sinatra. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> he's the guy who loves doing pranks, but he has no discernible gauge of like what is good enough to be a prank, and also what is way over the line yeah, to be too, a prank. Too big. So he's uh, like when something was Schmidt, he said, "What if we, what if we file down his shoes and then take the filings and put them beside his car in the morning?" And he's, "What do you think of that?" And they're like, "That's not a prank. That's not anything." He's like, "Okay, well, what about this? Small. What if we break his knee?" <laughs> and they're like, "That's not a prank either. You've gone too far, Winston." But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a very enjoyable show. Yeah. Yep. E- easily digestible. Great uh, show for Netflix's library. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a hang show. Nice. But, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else. Nope. 
Chris, nothing for you? You've been busy at work. Yeah, not not really anything for me. Like I said, I downloaded some bullshit clicker game, which I don't recommend, but I'll put the title in the podcast anyway. It's called Clickpocalypse 2. <laughs> Straight up, they know what they're doing, though. Yeah, it's, nice. it's this dumb, like, fake dungeon crawler thing where you, like, build a party of four adventurers and, you know, you don't control it at all, so they just go from dungeon to dungeon and, like, automatically kill things, and then you just, like, press the screen occasionally to, like, cast a spell if they're stuck in a room, or to... Uh, um, like upgrade, equip the items you pick up, but it, it like auto sorts the items for what is most effective. So like, That's nice. it's, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's 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 no no thought involved, um, which is perfect for me right now. Yeah. And it's an idle game too, so even when I'm not playing it, it's still running through. It caps at three hours, um, but like it'll stop progress after three hours when it's inactive. But like all good idle and clicker games. The farther I get in it, the more points I get, and if I get more points, I can use those to make it so that that timer increases up to four hours, five hours, six hours, seven hours. Oh, nice. So I'm playing the game and progressing, so I can not play the game more. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always the big irony of like idle games, nice. but that's just fluff. The only other thing that I've been watching that <clears throat> you can watch or listen to is... Uh, I've been in a, uh, a like a binge of a podcast called Your Mom's House. Um, it is a podcast hosted by comedian comedians Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky. They're a married couple. Um, you would recognize Tom Segura if you saw him. Um, he's kind of blowing up right now. Uh, he and his he and Christina just pitched. Uh, just had a show bought by um, CBS. Just had a show bought by CBS, and he's in. He's like the the villain in some comedy movie coming out, and he's in a TV show. So they're kind of hitting their stride. He's got a Netflix comedy special that's out right now that is supposed to be really good. Is him? Is that the one where he's shirtless? No, that's Burt Kreischer. Oh my bad. Um, they're both like bearded, right? Yeah, they're both like big bearded guys. Um, but if, if you're interested and you want it in the most recent podcast that just came out, uh, he's good friends with Burt Kreischer mm -hmm. and Burt Kreischer is the guy who inspired the Rolling Stone article that inspired National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Mm. He was the seven year senior at Florida state. And one of the reasons why it became party school. And he's just like, he's also got a comedy special that's out called secret time or it's coming out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. But all this to say, if you want a jumping in point. Uh, that episode is really funny because Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer are good friends and they, on the podcast, they have been making a joke that Burt Kreischer is the fattest comedian in the world. <laughs> and so then he's finally there and Tom Segura has paid a bunch of artists to create fake uh, advertisements for Burt's new special, <laughs> including like paying an animator to do this like really grotesque thing where it's Burt Kreischer eating like a bunch of food off a buffet table and they get like some of their creative fans to write like diss tracks about how Bert is the fattest comedian ever <laughs> and they make Bert sit there and watch it <laughs> but it's really funny I mean it's I, I I think that that formula like we fucked up doing this that formula of like husband and wife is just like there's so much relationship that's already there that like their conversation just works mm -hmm. um you know they've obviously selected each other to be you know together not on mic so when they are together and they're just kind of going back and forth it's a uh, really really the, chem the chemistry is obviously there sure so it works really well um but yeah been 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 watching those episodes um <laughs> i had a uh, i had a moment that, that made me think about, like, like it finally pushed me over to understand the other side um, of a belief that I hold. They were talking about... So these are two professional comedians um, talking about how, like, I don't understand words are words. Why can't we just say what we want like and, and provoke and be provocative? Um, and I finally, like, got it from comedians. And it's like, okay, this is, like, an, an actual held belief by professionals who should be able to hold that belief. Because they're talking about how Bert has this bit that he wants to use, but he says he can't do it because it's got the N-word in it, and he's a white comic, and he's like, and I just can't do it. Because in order to perfect the bit, I have to do it 150 times, and the joke doesn't work without the N-word. Mm -hmm. And so, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. So, 
Reminds me of that Comedians Roundtable at um, some comic festival in Colorado. Anybody know? It's like a, a bigger one. But it was, uh, I think Bill Hader was hosting. It was Jerry Seinfeld, Lucy C.K., Chris Rock, and Ricky Gervais. And they had a really interesting conversation about that, too. Um, you know, Lucy C.K., all the horrible things aside. Uh, him and Chris Rock have a really interesting debate about using the N-word. Yeah, because Chris Rock said, Louie, you've said it on stage more than I have. Yeah, and they both kind of think... That Aspen Comedy Festival? It's Aspen, right? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. But they... Uh, they have, a, they have a really good talk about it and about like how appropriate it is and you know Ricky kind of doesn't think it is for a white man to use that word but Jerry also said like he made a goal early on like there was a joke he wanted to tell when he like in 1981 and he was like the joke doesn't work unless I say fuck and it just didn't it was like a get off the fucking roller coaster was the punchline and he was like it didn't work when I just said get off the roller coaster so you know, I started trying to write jokes that were better that didn't require like yeah. one word. If it needs that, you should write a better joke. Right, that's like his right stance. And it was just fun listening to four like pretty much masters of stand up, all that completely different views on on words and how to use them. Yeah, and they're not at that level, but like hearing their views about like safe spaces, about people getting triggered. Like normally, when you read that stuff, it's from some like alt right wacko or from like your aunt on Facebook. And it's, like, easy to dismiss or just, like, blanket agree with the, hearing the basis behind it. But they're, like, you know, they have experience because they get up and do jokes because they're supposed to push the envelope. They're supposed to... Right. Some of them are supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, but, like, artfully so. And so, like, you know, you... Like, if I wanted to read about economics, I'd go find some PhD and read their paper about a subject... But talking about, like, you know, the sociology of, like, triggering words and how it interacts with humor, I think comedians are the right people for that. Sure. Um, so, it is... It's like a touring comedian. He has, like, more experience with the entire country than many people do. Yeah. That right. are talking about stuff on Facebook. Like, they're interacting with the entire spectrum. Right? Yeah, and I don't care about some, like... I do care about it, but, like, you know, to me, the proof from some... Uh, study some some like publication out of like Berkeley about you know audience reactions to you know jokes or words and how they react in some like medical or like brainwave way. I care a lot less about that mm-hmm. for some reason than I do like what these working professionals do and like kind of the the pitfalls they have to avoid. Um, but so that being said, it, it's they do they do talk about some like some interesting current issues as well and but they're both really funny and uh, uh, Christina Pajitsky especially now because she just uh, had her second kid so she was recording the podcast pregnant for a while and now she's kind of like super open about how gross pregnancy is and it's just really funny nice but what's the name of the podcast again? Your Mom's House cool yep Josh is a big Tom Segura fan too yeah it's yeah He's got Tom Segura's got a really funny story. He apparently, at some point, his career was about. He was about to be like a household name because about ten years ago, uh, Subway, the Subway Corporation, uh, picked him to be Jared Fogel's brother in an ad campaign. He's like, I was about to be a household name for the right and the wrong reasons. Nice. I was going to be the Jared Jared's brother who, because Subway was offering like a bunch of weird subs at the time, like uh, chicken parm. So Jared would do the weight loss part. We'd like walk and have all these healthy subs and Tom Square's character Meatballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason why he wasn't cast is because they gave him like his character's name was Dyrone. And he was like he's like, Hey, I don't want to sound like offensive, but isn't that a black guy's name? Like, don't you think that'll confuse like test audiences? And Subway Corporation was apparently like, Alright, we'll pick another one and then it was Deshaun. And he's like, Alright. <laughs> and <laughs> Recorded one commercial for it and then it just went away. But anyway, Tom Skirt is good. I want to check out his comedy special soon, but uh, podcast definitely recommend it. Cool, David. Me. What you been watching, bud? Um, I got three things to talk about since the last time I watched a list. I yeah, (laughs) know what we do a watch list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a watch a list. (laughs) I've stared at three lists since the last podcast. (laughs) I think a lot of us. Do spend a lot of time watching lists. Yes, we do. That's 
Um, <laughs> to talk about the uh, AFI thing I'm doing, I got a couple more entries in it. Uh, I did see um, Some Like It Hot for the first time ever. Oh. It's really hilarious. It's really quite hilarious. Good. Quite good. And man, Jack Lemon is phenomenal. He is. Phenomenal. They're both really good. Tony Curtis, right? Tony Curtis, yeah. yeah. And Marilyn Monroe. Pretty pretty funny. I've always had that as my like people like I've never seen Marilyn Monroe Marilyn Monroe in anything and I always mm-hmm. want to recommend that because it's so light. Yeah, the only other thing I'd seen Marilyn Monroe in uh, was a little bit scene in All About Eve, just to mention that again. That's right, yeah. She's kind of got a fun, tiny scene in that. I saw The Seven Year Itch at some point, mm. like, to see it. It's not that good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, yeah, it's really funny. Iconic. Hot takes. Really funny, very, uh, <laughs> I don't know, silly humor, a lot of disguises going back and forth. and I, I wasn't sure if, like, the men in drag... You know, with such a knee slapper back in the day, if that would still uh, still be funny, yeah. that's not really the it's not really the core of the comedy. It's, it's not it's from that. You still get things that don't age well, though. Like, like the final joke probably doesn't age super well. Yeah, but it's I think it's more progressive in like today's viewpoint than anything. Yeah, it's a little rapey. I feel like that too, where the guy's just like, "Take what I can get." What's his final line? <laughs> Uh, nobody's, nobody's perfect. perfect. Nobody's perfect. That's right. Well, it's kind of... I, I thought of it as kind of like a little progressive. It's like he fell in love with this character, like Josephine. I think that's uh, Jack Lennon's like Josephine. It's like, yeah. and I'm a man. He's like, no one's perfect. He's just like, all right, I'll roll with it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's, a, it's, and, a, it's a fun take. Yeah, most of the comedy, it's not just like, isn't it funny to have a guy and dames get up? It's more like getting a glimpse into a world that men don't think about. Did do that, and I thought Marilyn Monroe was actually really good in it. Yeah, she, she's endearing. Times. Yep. There was a that was a movie that I always wanted to watch because of its role in Clueless, which Brent watched last week, I think. But uh, Christian is obsessed with Tony Curtis before Christian comes out as gay. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And uh, Claire didn't pick up. He brought over something like a hot. It's Paraticus. <laughs> 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 But uh, I recommend it. I think I gave it uh, four and a half or so. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Maybe I gave it a five. I, I forget what I did. Another thing for the uh, AFI list, I watched... Um, it's a movie I've known about as in uh, Oscar Battle in the 70s. A movie that, like... I think it has won the most Oscars without winning Best Picture. Okay. It's like the, in 1972 when Godfather came out. Like, the big rival was Cabaret. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. I love Cabaret. Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen it before. I just know of it. Um, One of the and, best opening numbers in a musical, I think. A song yeah. is infectious. It's uh, it's it's really good. Um, it's kind of all over the place in like such a specifically seventies type way, like such a cocaine written movie. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, um, Bob Fosse is, I think, a really underrated director. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite movies is All That Jazz. And, you know, it comes out a bunch of years later in 79. And he's just, uh, I think he's underrated. I don't think anyone talks about Bob Fosse movies anymore. Joel Grey win? Yes. Okay. He's, he's like, great. Yeah. He, he is an uh, insanely charismatic alien in that movie. Yeah. As the master of ceremonies. Yeah. It's a... Uh... Do you want to tell them the, the, the plot? Sure, yeah. It's kind of interesting. Set in the, the Kit Kat Club, which is like a 1930s like uh, burlesque, vaudeville, kind of uh, variety club. In France? In uh, Germany. Germany. Yeah. Okay. It's in Germany leading up to World War II, so you have the rise of like the fascist regime start to creep into the movie. But uh, it's also like, you know, in Berlin there was this underground where it's like everything is acceptable. Like, you know, there's transgender characters there's cross-dressers there's people with like multiple partners like homosexuality like it's all all fair, good. All fair game yeah. yeah prior to the third right coming in and kind of um turns out they didn't they weren't about inclusion <laughs> yeah but uh you know I know Liza Minnelli more is like a cultural thing than uh, actress or performer yeah that's really what I know her the most from <laughs> she's kind of bypassed my generation but she's pretty incandescent in the movie as well she went she won. Okay. Yeah. So this is like as good as it gets. Godfather stuff Titanic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, Michael York is also in it. He's plays like Basil from Austin Powers <laughs> movies. Yeah. He, he's pretty good. The movie's kind of like, it's all over the place. There's a bunch of plot points. 
And I think it's just kind of like, that was just what they did in the 70s. But highly recommend it if you've never seen it. It's great uh, musical numbers that they're all, uh, I guess you call, um, in-character musical numbers. No one bursts into song in the middle of, like, an apartment. It's all performances in the cat, the Kit Kat Club. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how they do it. Yeah, like, Money Makes the World Go Around is a huge yeah. hit from that. Um, what what won the Oscar? Or, no, it didn't, because they were all written for the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's from this the stage musical. Right. Uh, the opening song is, I think it's just called Willkommen. But yeah. it's a really neat song because since they're in Germany and like pre World War Two, everything he says, Joel Gray does the opening number, and everything is said in German, then French, then English. Mm-hmm. So every line is spoken three times in different languages. This it's a really catchy song. It's one of my favorite musical numbers ever. Yeah, it's good. And Lies at the End has the you know the Life is a Cabaret yeah song, and there's a bunch of other ones. Life is a cabaret. <laughs> I want to dance it all night long. <laughs> I don't recommend it. It's not an all-time classic for me, but it's, uh, you know, I think it's pretty good. Pretty if, if you're a musical lover, you should definitely see it. Yeah. And then the last thing I saw was a more contemporary movie. It was a movie that came out last year. Uh, my wife and I put it on uh, just randomly. You know, this is just like a Saturday where we're doing stuff. Exciting. We put it on. We, Odds are me and Chris saw it. <laughs> I'm sh- yeah, you guys did. We put on Battle of the Sexes. Uh, yeah, I yeah. didn't see that. Bobby Riggs versus Billie Jean King. It was a disappointment. Yeah. yeah my entire uh, review was this should have been better. <laughs> <laughs> Great cast. I think the directors are pretty good, but I, I just think they never figure out what they're trying to do with the story. Oh, exactly correct. They never... Like, are they trying to be... There was never a point... Yeah, are they trying to be campy with it and funny, or is it supposed to be, like, poignant? Because there were some, like, sad, awkward moments with her. Yeah. Where she's, yeah, her, like, like fighting with, like, her status as a public figure, but also, like, her sexuality. Yeah. Like, some really kind of dark notes with her mistress and her, like, partner, and then, like, former husband. Well, and the former husband's, like, a great guy by all accounts, and they mm-hmm. kind of play him that way. Yeah. Uh, it is a different take on that. But uh, and I, I'm okay if you have multiple tones in a movie. I mean, right. Chan Wook is one of my favorite directors, and his things are insane. It's like what he does, yeah. But it just doesn't really. Well, the first half it of out. it's about Bobby Riggs, like only. I feel like too. Yeah, there's so much Bobby Riggs in that, and Steve Carell is really good in it. I would say. Yeah, he is really good, and he got a SAG nomination from it yeah. um, last year. Um, yeah, this was a big like this had Oscar buzz type movie, and everyone was excited about it. Fell apart. But just like, you, you, you can have a great setup and you can have great people, but you got to execute. And I, I just think they failed to execute that. Do you see it? No, uh, Ashley started watching it. Uh, what's it? Uh, HBO? Yeah. No? Yeah, she started watching it recently, and uh, I saw that she had been watching it, and I asked her, I said, how, how was it? Because I could see she didn't finish it. She said, eh, just, she said, I had to stop, but I said, how was it? She was like, eh, yeah. no. She's like, I just never felt like I needed to go finish that movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We kind of had it on while we were doing other stuff. Like, we changed the baby, and it just kept going, and <laughs> kind of just wandered back into the room. Right. We kept just going, like, do you do you want to finish this? I think we stopped it at one point and just, like, continued later. Um, yeah, disappointing. There was some supporting actress in it that I thought was actually really good, too. Sarah Silverman? Sarah Silverman. She's great yeah, She's at pretty it, good She's at good, it. yeah. Well, cool. It's a good little array of films. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's the watch list. So now we will move on to a segment called Breezy on the Streets. Breezy, Breezy on the Streets. Street. <laughs> 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 that was great. You weren't expecting that, were you? Please welcome no. special guest Terry No Terry. <laughs> Terry No Terry. <laughs> Uh, I'll never pronounce his name correctly. It's going to be a fantasy football team name. This <laughs> Terry, no Terry. Terry, no Terry. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's what's new? Any, any other like headlines we want to hit first? What's happened? Uh, <laughs> what is time? You, you saw the new Suspiria trailer and got freaked out by it. Oh, yeah. The new Suspiria trailer looks fucking cool. If anybody's seen Suspiria, the, I never say his name right. Who's the director? Luca Guadagnino. Nope, the original one, sorry. Oh, uh, Dario Dar- Argento? Yeah, yeah. Dario Argento. Um, yeah, I saw it. I talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've kind of updated Suspiria, though. It's like modern dance now. 
Mm. But it's Dakota Johnson playing the lead. It looks really, really good. Uh, Tilda Swinton. Who's great. Chloe Grace Moretz is in it? Chloe Grace Moretz is in it, I believe. Or... <laughs> no, that's right. Or is it Chloe Savini? Shit. Oh, no. While you're looking that up, Dakota Johnson, I know, has been uh, kind of pilloried for Fifty Shades movies are, are not great. But she's... In some movies, she has, like, a ton of talent. Mm-hmm. And she's in a uh, Lu- one of Luca Guadagnino's earlier movies that I highly recommend. I've almost assigned it for homework a bunch of times, but it wasn't streaming. A Bigger Splash, Ray Fiennes and uh, Tilda Swinton. That's a good cast. It's a really good movie, and she's good in it. Nice. Yeah. It's Dakota Johnson, Chloe Grace Moretz, and Tilda Swinton. Mia Goth yeah. is a name y'all might know. but Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks super creepy. Suspiria is like a... By most... Like most horror lists online, probably have it as like a top twenty horror film all time. Yeah, it was like one of, one of the, one of the first in its genre of just being like horror and gross out just for horror and it's, gross out sake. And it's definitely like slasher subgenre. Oh yeah. So if you're, I think it's credited as one of the first slasher movies. Yeah. So if you're into like Halloween and Black Christmas that kind of thing, it's definitely up your alley. Yeah. The you first, check out the old one; it's good. Yeah, the old one is just a bizarre movie. It's got a. They had the band the Goblins, or, or it's just Goblins. Goblin. Goblin. I think soundtrack's crazy there, but. But they, they they scored the movie live, uh, and so the, it was just the band playing like during the whole movie, and then they recorded that, and that was the score for it. That's it's cool. it's bizarre. The music is, I think, the best part of it. It's it's uh, well, very it's influential. Yeah. yeah. So look for that later this year. Though. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the remake. on the website. It's a reason why I um, why I watched the originals because I knew they were doing remakes, and we had some remake uh, topic one week. Nice. Danny Boyle has left the, uh, the Bond 25, the 25th James Bond movie. Over, yeah. And there's rumored that uh, they're trying to get Edgar Wright, possibly. Oh, be on board. Yeah, the weird thing is if... I see, I see it as like a number in a line of like established franchises want like a cool news day by saying we have this interesting director for this really old franchise. And then it turns out his stuff is too weird and off-center from the franchise and then he gets kicked out. Does it remind you of any other franchises? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just feel like this might have not as much... I don't know. I feel like Edgar Wright is more of old James Bond, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be the same as Daniel Craig James Bond. But the campy aspects might come across better with Edgar Wright. And did you say Jean-Marc Vallée is the other guy they have in the in talks? Uh, I didn't. That would be bizarre. <laughs> well, he do. He did Wild, uh, Big Little Lies, and he's doing Sharp Objects right now. So, so Nicole Kidman's going to be the new James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Byers. Race Witherspoon. Dallas Buyers Club. There are a lot of shots of like water hitting the rocks on the beach. <laughs> Young Victoria. I don't know. Y'all watch a lot more James Bond than I have, but I feel like I would, I would welcome a return to... I don't hold it as sacred. So any, any new takes people want to do on it, I'm totally game for. Yeah. I think the... Uh, you know, what Martin Campbell started and, like, the Sam Mendes stuff did. I think it peaked with Skyfall, and I'm ready for a new tone shift. Yeah. Kind of done with... Kind of done with Daniel Craig's era if he's not getting fresh uh, takes sure. from his directors. Neat. Uh, I've got another uh, piece of news related to last week or the week before. Um, Kevin Feige, you know, the, the mastermind behind Marvel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're nodding in improvement with a little smirk because you were about to say the same thing. Nope. I hope so. I no, want to be just, on the same wavelength as you. I just you. know who he is. <laughs> um, I'm excited. Uh, has said that despite the outstanding popular film category, um, he wants to go for Best Picture with Black Panther. He's That's where they're going to focus their campaign. Sure. Nice. I don't think it's the best Marvel film this year, so I think it's a waste. But <laughs> I did rewatch Black Panther. I didn't mention that. Oh, no, nice. But yeah, maybe... Still, still fun. I think I liked it more the second time. Nice. I'll check it out again. There, those are easy rewatches. Uh, this is interesting. I haven't seen this trailer, but I just ran across this headline, and uh, the director Jeremy Saulnier. Yeah. Uh, he's making a movie for Netflix called Hold the Dark, and uh, so he did the movies Green Room and Blue Ruin. Uh-huh. Uh Very violent movies, and uh, this movie is going to be Jeffrey Wright. Hunting down a pack of killer wolves. Sweet. <laughs> in. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm also in anything that guy does. I, I love Jeremy yeah. Wright. I think he's a, you know, one of the most interesting directors going right now. Mm-hmm. I liked both those movies. Mm-hmm. So I like Jeffrey Wright a lot too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I didn't talk about it because we're not done, but we've been finally catching up with Westworld <gasps> Season 2. What is it, Brett? What's the little nugget you found? Okay, this is very exciting. The Detective Pikachu movie? <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> season 2 trailer has apparently been released for American Vandal Season 2. Sweet! Uh, the first trailer reveals the new mystery, Who is the Turd Burglar? <laughs> <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever give that another go? No. I'll, I'll give it a go before the new season comes out. And, uh, yeah, it got the the best thing about it was it got it won a Peabody Award. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that it won a Peabody. I think it was nominated for a directing Emmy too. And uh, he got nominated for supporting actor in a comedy series. The the guy who drew the dicks. Did he? Oh my he got nominated for something. It may have been a SAG. Oh, it was definitely a SAG because nor was it Emmy. It wasn't a Gold Glove. Don't, don't think it was Emmy. I don't know. I'll look real quick. Beep, beep, boop. In uncomfortable news, they just officially uh, halted production on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. With with Disney having a hard line that they're not going to reconsider James Gunn, but they're going to use his script. So, production is completely halted. In more it's uplifting like, wh- news... Yeah, what do you say about that? <laughs> in more uplift- uplifting news, I know that we are all fans of it. Um, the new episodes of The Great British Bake Off are going to be on Netflix August 31st. Yes! And while he's looking that up, uh, new cast member for episode nine also, Dominic Monaghan. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, cool. So, not Penny's ship, hopefully going to pop up in, uh, <laughs> in Star Wars episode nine. It's Critic's Choice. Critic's Choice, gotcha. But yeah, I was going to talk a little bit and let David help me, because he knows more about these movies than I do, I think. But um, Gold Derby's released their first round of predictions for Oscar nominations. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you have a favorite on there. So, so there's a lot of, right now, I think there are seven experts on there. And a couple of them kind of suck. And honestly, they're just as good as, as we are at it. Like, Adnan Verk does Cinephile, the ESPN movie podcast. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk to anybody. But uh, I'm a big fan of Joyce Ng. She's got, like, really good numbers. Uh, really good at predicting stuff. Kind of takes a David Angle at it and looks at all the history and numbers mixed with her insider. And she actually works directly for Gold Derby. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got all the acting... Uh, directing and best picture predictions up for her for the for the first go. I was going to hit the best picture nominees, um, talk about those movies as they're coming out, and then I'll hit some highlights as well. If that's cool with y'all, yes, yeah, sure. that sounds cool. Uh, so her number one most likely to be nominated so far is Black Klansman for best picture. Um, and that's one I know Brent's already seen, so that'll be fun. First Man is up there. I think that's probably the safe safest end for me. Yep, Demon Chazelle's follow up. Ryan Gosling about. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a Star is Born, which has the most like it is off some people's list and is like number one on a few people's list. It has like the most like the biggest standard deviation. It's like it's either going to be a, a favorite or it's going to be a Razzie. Yeah, <laughs> Razzie favorite. And that's the uh, Bradley Cooper directed remake starring him and Lady Gaga. Yeah, it's a remake of a remake too, right? Correct. There's uh, a movie in the fifties and a remake of a remake. Yeah, movie in the, the fourth one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, if these stars keep getting born. <laughs> um, and I think Christian Bell and Amy Adams are the two that are in uh, Backseat. Is that Adam McKay? Adam McKay, yeah. yeah. And uh, new winner Sam Rockwell's playing W. Bush. Adam McKay, like Will Ferrell's writing partner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. more in his big short, kind okay. of more serious political mode. But uh, it's serious, but funny. It's yeah. about the Bush two. Happenings. Mm-hmm. If is is this the one where Christian Bale's playing Dick Cheney? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, number five on her list is. I feel like he doesn't even choose roles anymore based on the roles. I feel like he just difficulty cho- chooses based on like, hmm, how much will I need to transform my body to play <laughs> yeah. this? How many years do I get to shorten off the end of my life? <laughs> her number five is the Barry Jenkins effort. Uh, if Bill Street could talk, which trailers up on the website, trailers incredible. I'm sure yeah. the movie will be yeah, phenomenal. absolutely. Uh, the favorite she has up. That's the weird ass Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Yeah. I'm so excited for. I'm so looking forward to that. Olivia yeah. Coleman looks so fun as like yeah. a deranged queen. Uh, Roma is her. Is that Inaritu? That is uh, Quaron. Quaron. 
right. Yeah, this is Gravity follow-up. Yeah. It's kind of autobiographical about his youth in uh, Mexico, and it's black and white. I don't think it has any stars, but it's going to be very artistic. Cool. cool. Boy Erased? What's yep. that, David? Boy Erased is, I think that's the uh, gay conversion therapy movie. Ooh. Where Lucas Hedges is, uh, his father's a pastor, is Russell Crowe, and his mother is Nicole Kidman, and in like the 90s, they send him to a conversion camp. And it's directed by uh, Joel Edgerton, who's kind of carving out a fun uh, and sneaky career as a director. He did The Gift, and he's done some other stuff, and kind of putting a respectable career together. Like, he did Loving, or he was in Loving. Right. And this is kind of his, uh, his... Big, uh, big play after kind of some of those successes. It's weird to me that there's two movies in the same year that are like the other one is also getting good, uh, good reviews about gay conversion camps. The other one being the Chloe Grace Moretz movie. Yeah, the Miseducation of Cameron Post. Mm -hmm. That's I think that's a smaller movie. Yeah, and I think that was wasn't that in festivals last year. I thought that's when I started first started hearing. I think it it was the it was the big like audience winner from. From Sundance this year, Maybe they said why. Sundance is not going to headline much Oscar stuff this year. Whereas last yeah. year they had like um, uh, "Call Me by Your Name" and some other mm-hmm. ones that came through there. Nice, uh, "Beautiful Boy" is the other boy movie. Yeah, with uh, everyone's Timothy Chalamet, everyone's best boy, Timothy yeah. Chalamet. <laughs> Steve Carell is in it. I think it's more uh, this boy is about like drug addiction. Mm. As far as I, I can tell. I think hmm. both of those are like uh, based on, both the boys are based on like mem- famous memoirs hmm. that are pretty, uh, supposed to be pretty decent. I forget uh, who directed that, but it's going to be a player. Her number 10 right now is super exciting for me. It's uh, A Quiet Place. It's hmm. her cool 10th cool. pick at the moment. Um, That's the get out slot. <laughs> yeah, right. For predictions. Uh, best directors, it's, it's it's most of those. Spike Lee, Alfonso Cuaron, Damien Chazelle, Yorgos Lanthimos, and Bradley Cooper. She has. Best actress, they've been talking about this role and this actress for since before like last year's nominations came out, I feel like. Uh, but Glenn Close and The Wife. Yeah, that one's getting starting to get in some buzz. Yeah. I've seen a trailer for it, and it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, she's also got uh, Saoirse Ronan for Mary Queen of Scots, Viola Davis for Widows, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, and Nicole Kidman for Destroyer. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, they just, I think Vanity Fair, someone just released a picture. It's about a woman in Australia who goes undercover for, like, uh, in, like, this horrible gang that does drugs and stuff. <laughs> they sell drugs. <laughs> They're in the drugs drugs trade. <laughs> but uh, she goes undercover and does like some really horrifying, traumatic things in her life. And then uh, something happens where she has to go back in. And there's a set photo where she she is definitely going the like Charlize Theron role of very transformative, like no makeup, and she looks almost unrecognizable. Cool. I'm sad to hear that, uh, uh, what's her name from Hereditary is not in there. Oh, uh, yeah. Because uh, I know y'all were raving about her yeah, performance. Yeah, I mean, she could be. She's in my predictions right now. And then these aren't anything close to what the reality. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and Joyce, I'm sure, would be the first person to tell you that. Yeah. And there's, like, collected odds for, like, editors and stuff. They have Colette at, like, seven yeah, right okay. now, so. It's not, not far off. Yeah. If we looked at last year at this point, I'm sure we would. We yeah. only have like a couple. Uh, I, think Battle of the, made I think Battle of the Sexes. But yeah, right. Both stars I mean, were the nominated. The extras here these are movies yeah. to pay attention to. This yes, one. yep, right. If you're going to prioritize movies, these might be in there for your Oscar death race. Mm. So, best actors: uh, Christian Bell for Backseat, sure. Um, Lucas Hedges for Boy Raced. I'd love to see more love for for Lucas. He's been great in everything he's mm-hmm. in. Ryan Gosling for First Man seems like. Probably a gimme nom mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, Bradley Cooper for Stars Born, and one I'm excited about our topic from last week. Um, Robert, Redford. Robert Redford, the old man of the gun. They just released a, a teaser trailer for that. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, is uh, the boy erased? Is that Julia Roberts in the movie? Because he's in a movie with Julia Roberts coming out sometime. No, soon. That, that's the Nicole that's the, Kidman. Nicole Kidman is in. Russell wait, 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 that's in. No. That's in Boy Erased. Does Beautiful Boy have? Sorry, I'm getting my boys mixed up. Here's what I know. Lucas Hedges and Julia Roberts are in a movie coming out at some point soon. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. But I, I don't know if it's the same. I also see, like, it's kind of outside looking in, which is definitely going to be, like, a see what it looks like first. Yeah. Rami Malek. 
Oh yeah, it's like kind of right on the outside. If he like nails it, and the movie is good enough, I would love to see that get some love. I loved yeah. him on uh, Mr. Robot. Uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. I love that show. Apparently, there's they're, they, they switched directors halfway through that movie. Yeah, it's Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. He was uh, you know kind of removed some controversy and a whole bunch of personal stuff in his life and scandals. But he directed enough of it so that he. Per DGA, he has to be credited as at least a co-director. Huh. So neat. I'm also disappointed that my best actor pick didn't make that list, which is Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible Fallout. That'd be fucking unreal. I would love it so much. Sporting actress, talk a little bit. Uh, Amy Adams in Backseat. Um, Regina King and if Bill Street could talk, she's fantastic in the trailer. Yeah, I would love for that to happen. Love yeah, and Regina I think King. Regina King's kind of do. Yeah. Um, Rachel Weisz for the favorite, Claire Foy for First Man, who plays the wife of Neil Armstrong. Margaret Robbie in uh, Mary Queen of Scots is also considered. Yeah, there's a number of. Uh, there's another one that depends how it's going to hit because people don't know what kind of movie it's going to be yet. But is uh, Widows yeah. Steve McQueen's movie? You could see like Viola Davis, a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I mentioned her that. in the first one, and uh, Daniel Kaluuya is in it as well, maybe supporting actor. Mm. Yeah, if you've seen the trailer for that, he looks like he's going to be unhinged in that movie. Yeah. Which feels really fun after how like repressed and tight he is in Get Out. That, yeah. and, and his role in Black Panther as like a subservient. Yeah. And unhinged supporting actor is a good way to get nominated. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ask Sam Rockwell, who has made a career of that. <laughs> Speaking of Sam Rockwell, uh, playing, what's his name? Vice President from Bush's years. Dick Cheney? Dick Cheney. No, that's, no, he's that's playing Bush. Bell. Sam Rockwell is playing Bush. Yeah. Might get a nomination supporting actor. Um, that'd be fun to see him get nominated again. Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy. I would probably call the early favorite now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? You know what that's about, David? That is... Oh, shit. That's a uh, movie... Uh, Melissa McCarthy is doing like a serious movie with this. I forget who the director is. It's some person who's graduating from Indies to like kind of a... Oscar player, and I think it's like a person who was, uh, there's some kind of like plagiarism or some story that was like completely fake or whatnot, and she goes uh, and tries to do some kind of like redemption path or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I forget yes. what it's directly about, but. <clears throat> and Richard E. Grant, that's the guy who plays Dexter's dad, right? No. Who, who is Richard E. Grant? He looks like, I looked at the little tiny picture yeah. on Gold Derby, and he looks like a character actor made real in this. That's John Lithgow was Dexter's dad, right? No. Was John Lithgow else? was the I've Trinity. I've never seen Dexter, so I should probably not. Dexter's dad was Lithgow was the Trinity killer. <laughs> Happily never after, wasn't that Dexter's dad? I want to know who Richard E. Grant is. <laughs> Good call. Well, look it up. <laughs> Richard E. Grant was in uh, With Nail and I. Uh, I thought that the guy who was talking in depth about movies that haven't come out would know. Oh, I have no clue who that fucking guy is. I don't either, but he does. I can see how a small picture of him would look like Dexter's dad. Yeah. Swazi English actor. Whoa. 92's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I will say one other sporting actor I'd be super excited for is as much of a fan as I want to be of A Star Is Born and Bradley Cooper and I would love Lady Gaga to earn and get a nomination. Uh, Sam Elliott mm-hmm. is in early talks for getting a Best Sporting Actor nomination, and that would make me super happy. Richard Grant was in Logan. Yeah, he was the he was the the bad guy doctor, kind of the mastermind of the mm-hmm. the weaponizing the children. Makes sense why I don't remember him because the bad guys in Logan were very forgettable. It was the 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 bad guy in Logan is age. Yeah, like, that's not some old like wizard looking <laughs> asshole. <Yep. laughs> Well, he was in uh, a lot of Altman, actually. Gosford Park, Preda Porter, The Player. He was in Ready to Wear? Hmm. Along yeah. with the 50 other people yeah. that were in it. Right. Yeah. He was in Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. He's in Jack Boots on Whitehall. Was he one of the kitties? <laughs> he was also in Jackie. And he's going to be in Star Wars Episode Nine. Yep. I think he's a voice of one of the uh, the animated characters... I don't know if anyone's watching, but Thrawn, I thought I saw. And Jackie. But he was he was Izambaro in Game of Thrones. One of the Cathari. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy with the purple mouth. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I called him Purple Mouth. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. We're kind of starting the, uh, you know, the death march to... We're rounding the toilet bowl. Oscar <laughs> yeah. obsession. Yeah. I feel like it starts earlier and earlier every year, yeah, but... it's August. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the fall festivals haven't even started yet. We don't even know some movies that are going to be there. Yeah. I mean, time it's, to start thinking. It's still last year. We knew Dale Day-Lewis was going to get nominated for a movie that might not come out. It was yeah, untitled for like six months. Yeah, it was like, our favorite. It was untitled until December. Yes. <laughs> untitled PT Anderson I remember, movie. <laughs> like around Thanksgiving, Brent being like, I don't know if this movie's going to come out yet. I mean, it's still untitled. There's like not a Wikipedia page. It's supposed to come out in a month. Yeah, and if I were to redo my rankings, it's probably in my, my top five from last year. It was really good. Yeah, I remember he got my vote in our Who Would You Vote For cast. I think he got mine, too. Yeah, did he win for us? He did I think win. he did, yeah. yeah. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Come back to acting, I guess. <laughs> we still got all those trophies to give out. Nobody's yeah. came to pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, that's... Uh... That will do it. Oh, actually, no, wait. We need to recommend some movies. Undo, yeah, undo that, weekend. do it. <laughs> that won't do it do at that, all. Do that, do it, do it, that. So, here's what we've got coming out next weekend. Oh, Labor Day weekend. Ooh. Big weekend for the labor party. <laughs> Damn it. That's still your, that's still your dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to have... Uh, Three movies listed here on Just Watch. So uh, one is Operation Finale, which uh, stars Oscar Isaac. Fifteen years after World War II, a team of secret agents are brought together to track down Adolf Eichmann, the infamous Nazi architect of the Holocaust. It's a bad robot production. Ben Kingsley, I think, plays Eichmann. Neat. It's got Nick Kroll. Ooh, cool. Of Haley Lurickson's in that movie. Yeah. Uncle Drew fame. Oh, there's a movie that can't... Never mind. Sport the Girls? Yeah. Yeah. Limited release. Yeah. The trailer looks really fun for I that. really want to see that. Uh, there's also the movie called Kin. And just as soon as this pulls up, I will describe it to you. It's a Street Fighter movie. K-I-N. Kin. 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 It's that southern thing where I's and E's sound the same. Rue and Kin. An ex-convict and his brother are forced on the run by a vengeful criminal... Stars James Franco, Zoe Kravitz, Carrie Coon, Ugh. Dennis Quaid. It's like, yeah, aw, yeah, aw. James Franco, it's Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> Carrie Coon. <laughs> so there's that. And then there's something called... Okay, never mind. I don't know how this is... Yavaremos is getting a wide release, isn't, apparently. Isn't The Nun coming out that weekend? Or is that next week? The weekend after. It's closer to fall. Okay. Week. So, uh, yeah, we're picking between Operation Finale or Ken, and I'm going to pick Operation Finale. Yeah, it looks fun. I like Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go see Operation Finale. That was easy. Yep. Yeah. We, we picked it, so it's probably not going to be good. I think it's... Uh, hey, I think pick I get Alpha. The, I get the feeling Operation <laughs> Finale is going to be like a movie that's that was kind of trying to go for some Oscars when they were making it, and we'll probably fall short, but we'll be pretty good. That's my hunch. I like it. Oscar Isaac versus Ben Kingsley. I'm in for it. To the death. And that'll do it. This has been Talkie Talk, podcast for the media by us. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on the podcatching app of your choice. Give us a rating, because uh, that helps our visibility and whatnot. You can uh, engage with us on Facebook in our uh, groups, Movies by Us, TV by Us, and Games by Us. Send us an email at themediabyus at gmail.com. Also, uh, tweet tweet with us at themediabyus. <laughs> <laughs> you practice that? Nope. He's shut up. Somebody did that last week. I think. I don't know. I thought you do the outro. Are you saying that you yeah. did it? Somebody just started going tweet 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 last week uh, when we were doing the Twitter. Uh, uh, that checks out. That, that person hasn't been around for ten years. <laughs> uh. <laughs> She's been dead for ten years. That's um, Richard Tweet Tweet Grant. <laughs> you played Dexter, right? Uh, You're thinking of Richard E. Grant. <laughs> oh, we're off the rails. Um, 
we want to thank the Willow Walkers. Check out the Willow Walkers, September 4th, Smith's Old Bar, opening for... The Yoppers. The Yoppers. Yup, yup. And uh, also, we want to thank Boo Reefa. Boo Reefa. For our outro music, and we want to thank you for listening. Bye, bye, bye. Good night. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things